Hey, York Alliance. Welcome back to the York Alliance Daily for Tuesday, December 12th. Hope you're doing well today as we journey together toward Jesus and as we continue towards uh, Christmas through the Advent season. Uh, what a uh, wonderful weekend it was on so many different levels. And so uh, I hope you were able to um, be connected in some way. Uh, the Behold the Lamb of God uh, shows on Saturday were just glorious. Uh, so thankful for uh, those who put that together and uh, those who were uh, using their gifts in such beautiful ways. It was uh, really uh, an amazing time, an amazing declaration of the redemptive plan of God and uh, invitation into that. And so uh, really thankful for that. Um, and really thankful for our time together on Sunday. It was great to be together, to celebrate communion together, um, art and music and uh, story and uh, just really a, an incredible time. And so uh, really grateful for that time and uh, grateful to be able to uh, worship uh, with you as we uh, walk together toward Jesus. As we go into this week, we're considering that second name of God, uh, the second identity marker, uh, not just wonderful counselor, but mighty God. And uh, we talked about that idea that um, the mighty God uh, is necessary to the wonderful counselor because the wonderful counselor may have the best plan, but the best plan in the world is uh, no help without effective execution. You need uh, the mighty God to be able to step in and uh, and do it, make it work. And so um, the the beauty of Jesus as the mighty God is the one who steps in and uh, and makes everything work. He's able to execute his plan. And we looked at that coming out of Colossians chapter one, as I talked about, uh, there are so many different places to uh, look at the might of God. And so I thought I'd take a little bit of time to kind of uh, think a little bit uh, out loud with you about some of the places where we see the power and the might of God and how that impacts us. So um, what I want to do first is ask you to just think through something in your life right now that feels overwhelming. It might be a relationship. It might be a financial situation. It might be um, the uh, something that you're dealing with, uh, an area of life that uh, just keeps kind of knocking you down uh, or uh, that holding you back. It could be uh, really anything, something that just it feels overwhelming to you right now. And then I want you to think about the fact that um, one of the things that Paul says in Colossians chapter 1 is that... Uh, that God created everything that is, that um, everything that is, the the biggest things to the smallest things, uh, the most complex things to the simplest things, that every uh, little thing, every uh, derivative creation from uh, your your car and your house to um, the bugs that are flying around your head, you know, whatever, whatever they may be, uh, that, that every creature, great and small, every, um, every thing that you come in contact with, all of it was created by God and all of it is for God. And so there, there's a, um, a right that the God of the universe has to all of the things that, that we have, all of the things that we are, including us. He has a right to us because he created us. He, um, he, he is responsible for us. And so this God created everything that is. And then um, he stepped in and uh, without going through every single story of the scriptures, he, uh, he worked his will in, a, in, in the complex world of the ancient Near East. 
He chose a people through the person of Abraham. He uh, he continually saved and preserved that people. He uh, he blessed and prospered that people. And he also punished that people. He uh, was was able to um, both in the good things and the bad things uh, enact his will in uh, in them. And sometimes that was through. Others through other armies. Sometimes that was through uh, natural disasters or the way that um, the the weather worked, the the sun standing still, uh, the things like, things like that that uh, reflected who he is. And so you have this uh, this one side of this God who's able to to do all things, but then you have the other side of this God who's able to come and be with us. When you think about the intimacy of Jesus, that uh, the fullness of God dwelling in Jesus Himself coming and having a gentle conversation with the woman at the well or the woman caught in adultery, having, uh, having cared so well and so completely for Mary that she would come and uh, wash his feet with her tears, that there's this intimate, close relationship, that the God of the universe loves us, loved all those he came in contact with and loves us. And that's a, a picture that's tough for us to get our head around. Maybe the most powerful thing about this mighty God is how much he loves us, that he, he cares for us in every little way possible. He is uh, over all, every detail of our life. Now, that doesn't mean that, um, that, that everything's always good. I, I couldn't possibly, in uh, the couple minutes we have left of this podcast, unpack the problem of evil in the world. I couldn't possibly unpack the fact that God is not responsible for evil, but God is, um, is able to interrupt creation at times uh, when, when he chooses to, because the big challenge, of course, with that is what happens when he doesn't choose to. I talked to a guy on Sunday who um, is younger, and uh, even though he's younger, his mom was killed tragically a few years ago. And uh, man, like, how do, you, how do you answer that? How is it that the mighty God didn't see fit to stop that. Now, the answer to why it happened, that's a little bit of an easier question. There's sin in the world. There, there's brokenness in the world. Um, there's, there's the will of men and women like us, and we will sometimes often choose wrong things. And those wrong things have, uh, have consequences. They have impacts. And God doesn't always step in and change everything because um, it, we're not there yet. Um, the the kingdom is already and not yet. And so he taught us to pray, may your kingdom come and your will be done. May your effective will and reign, may that come among us and may the things that you most desire, may those things uh, happen among us. But he told us to pray that because it's not always the case. It wasn't a foregone conclusion. Uh, the The reality is Sometimes really difficult things happen, and I'm not trying to give you a, a simple reason for that. I'm simply saying that the might of God is able to both step in in the midst of tragedy and change things or uh, uh, potential tragedy and change things, or he's able to come after the brokenness and uh, meet us and even in the long term transform it in a way that um, w- will be for our best, even if it's heartbreaking. 
I think it's so instructive uh, that when Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus, we see both sides. We see uh, the the tender mercy of the the God become man, where he comes to the tomb of Lazarus, having encountered Mary and Martha, and he weeps. And he weeps, reminding us that death is not the way it's supposed to be, that brokenness is uh, a very real part of the fall, and um, that that this this tragedy is a reminder that the world is not as it should be. And so the intimate God weeps. But then, of course, a few minutes later, that same God stands and calls Lazarus out of the grave, and after four days, life comes back into his body and he's raised from the dead. Now, um, the, the, the transition between those two things is that there, we have a God that's very, very powerful, who can do all things, but we also have a God who's intimate. And he knew that he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead, and yet he still cried. There was still weeping. <coughs> and that weeping was because he recognized that um, the world's broken, that death is not as it should be. And so when we think of the mighty God, we don't just think of a God who's able to do everything. We definitely think that. But we also think of a God who's so mighty that he's able to come and be right alongside of us, to become one of us, to um, to love us, and to be part of our journey. And so uh, Jesus travels beside us, uh, speaking grace into our lives and crying with us uh, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of pain. Uh, he weeps along with us. And I know those can be unsatisfying answers. We want God to step in and fix it. But so did Mary and Martha, and Jesus didn't. He came and he wept, and he ultimately did raise Lazarus from the dead, but Lazarus then ultimately died again. The The broken world wins unless Jesus conquers sin and death and hell, and that's the final mightiest part of God, that he has conquered sin and death and hell through the person of Jesus. And so we'll look at that a bit more tomorrow. But until then, may the grace and peace of Jesus be yours. May you sense his spirit leading you, filling you, and flowing from you to a waiting and watching world. Have a great rest of the day. I'll be back with you again tomorrow. Grace and peace to you.